what's up guys this is the first episode of backstage career it's a podcast where i'm going to be interviewing people that are working behind the scenes with big creators and entrepreneurs to hopefully inspire you to follow a similar path i'm your host jeremy and for this first episode i'm interviewing tony santos who's the lead video editor and producer behind thomas frank's youtube channel If you don't know Thomas Frank, he's one of the biggest YouTubers in the productivity niche with over 2 million subscribers, and he puts out some really cool videos. Here are three big things you'll take away from this conversation if you listen all the way through. Number one is the stair-step strategy that Tony used to land his job with Thomas, and that you can use as well if you want to work with a big creator. Number two, what it's like working with big YouTubers. And number three, we talk about a bunch of YouTube job opportunities that no one really knows about. I hope you get some value from this interview. If you like it, it would make my day if you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts and let me know what you think. All right, let's dive in. As far as the channel or your your own stuff, what what do you get started with? Because I, I think personal projects are so important for, for picking up any skill, you know? So I just want to dig deeper into that. Honestly, do the beginning. I just tried to copy as many things as I could see. Mm. And it was mainly... One, to see what I enjoyed making. Okay, this guy makes skits. Let me try a skit. Made a skit? Not a, not for me. And then I did I did a lot of special effects stuff because then that's when I was, oh, cool. So I made a video of me teleporting. Have you seen the movie Jumper? Mm-hmm. I made a movie where I did that kind of a jump thing. And it came out fine, but again, I'm it. And then eventually I went to vlogging. Vlogging again, I did it just because I found myself more often than not doing the same thing every day, and I'm and it's and this is how I've been even since I was younger. I'm okay if I'm gonna show people how I really am. I'm doing the same thing; they're gonna get bored, so I yeah. stopped. You know, and then one thing I did that <laughs> that actually almost no one knows is I even made uh, Nintendo videos of because Nintendo is one of my favorite game companies, and I used to make videos on me talking about latest products I had, games that I was playing from Nintendo. Oh wow. Yeah, I did that for two years. So, okay, so fast forward to Planet Dolan. Did you apply? First of all, what what is Planet Dolan for, for people that don't know? So Planet Dolan is a countdown slash animation channel. So think of videos, top five scariest things and what have you. They do those, but then they also make animations. And their most popular series is Dolan, Planet Dolan True Stories where they take stories that people on their Reddit have submitted and make them into animations. And that right there is what I started editing was because I, at 2016 is when they started that mm-hmm. and Dolan needed someone who understood the format enough that you just crank these out, if not daily, every like other day, so to speak. And that's what I did. And how big were they at the time? Four something million. Right now they're at 5.8, I think, or something like that. Wow, so really big. And and did you apply for, was it a job post or did you just reach out to them? Yeah, they had a job post on their website. So when I found the channel, I went to the about section and that's when it said, want to work with Plan Dolan uh, link here. And then the very first link said uh, video editor. And the funny thing is they didn't, they didn't have too many requirements. They just said it, you know, this, you know, this, okay, apply. And that's when I'm like, okay, well, I know this, this, and this, let's do it. And how how was that working with him just in general? You were working remote, imagine. How, how big was the team, and how do you guys work together? You know, this is something that I really hope either Dolan hears one day or he can. He's still doing because 
I so we all worked remotely, and there was about give or take. There was about ten of us. So ten I was, editors. No, 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 ten people. Gotcha. Working with them. Yeah. Editing wise, it was me and his manager, Sid, and Sid was on and off with it, but I was the main editor. You know, the way we worked though was we all communicated via Skype, and then there was kind of there was kind of a schedule where everyone in the team, okay, voice actors, here's the script, who wrote the script, we have the script writer, and it kind of would just funnel down through a little tunnel, so to speak, and and then I was I was the second to last step. So anytime I had a video, I it was always in my mind, I'm dude, if the video is ready, that means we can almost upload it. You need to get on this now. And uh, yeah, it was always communication. And my biggest takeaway though that I very much appreciate Dolan for is how candid he was with us about the channel, mm-hmm. how, how candid he was about our growth because he understood. He doesn't care that he started it. He started it and got himself so big. It was a team. It was a team effort. So he would be like, hey guys, let's talk on Monday. And then Monday, he would just run us down. All right, we uploaded this many videos. We earned this much money. I'm not sharing you this so you guys can you know, feel bad or, or demand more. It's more of as a team, we should know where we are. And I always thought that was my first introduction to someone being that honest with me where I was like, I need to work with people like that. Uh-huh. Because it, it also gave me a sense of responsibility, you know? And that's why anytime I got a video, I never was upset. And I easily pushed off other engagements I had because I'm like, no, I feel the team did their part. Let me do mine right now. You know? Yeah, that's something Noah's really good as, as well. He wants everyone on the team to own their outcomes, right? He wants people to feel the channel is theirs, you know, which I'm sure is, exactly. is kind of what you're describing here. Where it's, this is not my channel because I'm my name is in the channel name, you know, but it's you guys' channel. So there's some creative freedom with that as well. Exactly. That was the next thing I was going to say was because it's it's a creative company. So Dolan also understood you're going to he hires there's no one that's permanent with him. He hires them for what they need and he just looks at their their styles. So if you look at even right now, I'm sure if the viewers or listeners go to his channel, you'll see that nearly every planet true Dolan or every true story video there are the the art is different. And that's because Dolan never wanted to take away an artist's creativity. So he said, if this is your style, this is your style. We'll give you the credit. And if people get great, if not, we have five other artists. They're going to find something eventually they'll like. That's super cool. And, yeah, I also and, noticed that he he credits you guys. So he credits the artist and the editor at the beginning mm-hmm. of every video, right? Yep. That was another thing. I was even allowed to put edited by Civil Spider right at the intro. He didn't care because, again, he wanted to give us the credit. And the reason he was really big on that, at least from what I remember was uh, kind of for opportunities. He didn't also want to take us away from someone trying to figure out who edits you. Yep, it's that guy. Do you want to talk to him? He's right there, you know? Yeah, it's, it seems at the time you're kind of building a personal brand around that as well, right? I was, yeah. Because Civil Spider, I made that name for League of Legends. I just needed a username, and I combined Civil War Spider-Man, because I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. Mm-hmm. So I just, Civil Spider. Nice. And then Dolan one day was, hey, everyone at the company should get a character, you're coming up, would you like a character? And I'm like, heck yeah. And then that's how the brand slowly started growing. And so I'm partially, I want this podcast to be around this. I'm still trying to figure out the angle, but initially the angle 
I was interested in is how to work for your mentors. So, I mean, because I've benefited hugely from it and I know a lot of other people that have. And so it's kind of documenting those stories of how, how to land a position with with the, the people you really look up to and want to learn from. But part of that is kind of the career, the YouTube careers. And you're, you're mentioning the team at uh, Dolan. There was 10 different people. Do you, do you mind breaking down that funnel and what it looks like? Yeah, so they worked it was you have... The various jobs we had was, you know, you had Dolan being the head honcho, and then you had Sid, who was the manager. And then underneath that, you had people that wrote the scripts. So you had script writers. You had the animators. So you have animators. But the animators were in charge of doing everything, concept, to drawing it out, to even animating it. Mm-hmm. Now, even if animating isn't your strong suit, there's still that still animation where you jump from one pose to another. Yeah. So that counted. You had the voice actors, and Sid was the manager was in charge of doing audio cleanup so to speak i i forget what the exact title is for that but he made sure the audio sounded great and edited it if needed and then the last step was me so video editors and then once i exported it you know they would recheck the video make sure everything looked fine everyone kept their artistic integrity in it and what have you and then up it goes and that's it I think most people when they, they see a youtube channel or they see a creator like oh damn this guy is doing everything you know for me, I was always, oh, this creator is just doing it on his own. And getting into the YouTube world, you realize when you have people that have a couple million subscribers, there's a whole team behind it, right? It's, it's a huge amount of work to put everything together. Then you get people that are getting started and that have like, they're like, oh, like I want to be the next YouTuber or something like that, you know? And they beat themselves up because they can't, they can't put out content that's as good as these big YouTube creators, but they don't realize that there's a team of 10, 15 people behind, you know? <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's, I, I couldn't believe it. Cause the, I think the, the person like in person, person I've ever met that has the most amount of people assisting him is Linus from Linus Tech Tips. Oh, and wow. The, How big yeah, is the way they team? work is amazing. Do they have, I don't even know, plus 20 or 30 employees Jesus. now. I forget. I remember he hired once more since we visited, I believe, but yeah, dude, he has a huge team. But what I, what I appreciate is, um, uh, just how well they work, you know, and the candid they have with each other. They all know their jobs. Linus is open to being like, yep, Andy did this, you know, Anthony wrote that. And it's really cool just to see how well a team can function when one isn't afraid to acknowledge he has a team. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I may be the face. I may, you know, be the star, so to speak, but I have a team. Yeah. You know? And I don't know. It's really cool to see that. I really and, so are you still working with Dolan or did you leave at some point? Yeah. Well, I don't work with Dolan anymore. What happened was, do you remember? <laughs> oh gosh, this is YouTube history here. But do you remember that first Armageddon on YouTube where advertisers were pulling out? Oh, the ad. Is that the ad apocalypse? Dude, oh god, yeah, that's YouTube history. But that's <laughs> Yeah, so I was working with him when that happened, and I since since he shared with us numbers sometimes, and he told us the drop in, in numbers yeah. because of you know ads being pulled. There came a point where I was kind of like, I have a feeling I might be next of people he kind of has to put on hold. And I didn't take it bad. I was more like, this just stinks. And then there came a point where, yeah, he was just honest with me. It's just, I, I can't afford to pay you what you deserve. And I'm dude, I, you've always been honest with me. I'll take your word on that. It's fine. You know, if you need me, you come, you come let me know. If not, it's fine. And we haven't spoken since, maybe one time. Yeah. But, you know, there's no bad feelings. I would happily talk to him again if he wanted to chat. And what do you do at that point? At that point, I went back to working. So I used to I used to work at a gym. 
So I did that for two and a half years, and I still went to college because I went to college one last time to give it one last try to finish. And when I was in college, the reason I went back was actually because... So I used to be on the eSports team for League of Legends in my college. Oh, wow. So, yeah, and I met some great people there. And one in particular, he was the manager. And when I was out of college, he texted me one day. He's hey, we're thinking of making these videos for our eSports team. I remember you always did video stuff on the side. Would you be willing to help us? And I was like, yeah, of course. I did one video with them, and he's like, okay, now hear me out. What if we gave you a scholarship? Would you come help us? And I was like, oh, let's do that. <laughs> Word. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sign <yeah>. me up. <laughs> so I got a scholarship for video editing, which no one else had. So I thought it was really awesome that he did that for me. And, and then it was that final year, though, where I was doing the video stuff, going back to school. And then that was that. But that was also that bottom line where I'm you know what? I cannot. I hate. I remember why I left. I hate everything. The only thing that's making me happy is making these videos. So I did three with them, and then I actually ended up dropping out. Okay, gotcha. Which, yeah, didn't think I would be a dropout, but yeah. And it so, is what it is. so did you have a gig at that time, or what? No, I I actually didn't. What I had decided was, if I dropped out, then I had to go all out with this editing thing. Anything I can get, I couldn't say no to, because I in reality I had nothing else, and I made two videos. One for a company called CDW, which is a big tech company. Mm. And I got into that because my friend, one of my best friends growing up, his brother works in that company and they needed this training video. And they're, and of course he's like, oh, video, I know Tony. So he gave me that gig. Uh, and then I had one more, I can't remember. And then that's when I started remembering about YouTubers and like maybe they'll need help. And then I slowly started climbing. Like I met a YouTuber that had 10K, he needed a video. And then I just kept slowly going up. Interesting. Were you reaching out to them or? Yeah. Oh man, I was, I was doing the whole what Gary says thing, which is DMing, messaging, just throwing your name. If someone needs an editor and they have a specific style, I quickly try to recreate that, send it to them. Hey, look, I can do that too if you need something. I was on that day and night, dude. So what, well, like what, like, let's say someone has some basic editing skills and they really want to work themselves up to working with Thomas Frank. What, what would be your advice to them? When it comes to reaching out, I can't say there is a specific strategy, but I will say just keep putting yourself out there. Even if someone looks more qualified than you, just say, I can do the same thing. Even if you have to technically lie, if you lie about that, at least freaking learn it that same day. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So um, it's fi- finding finding the creators whose content you like and just reaching out and just doing that every day, every day. I, I like the, the analogy you had, the stair-step analogy, where it's like go for the 1,000-subscriber oh. channel. And then yeah. once you did work with them, go with the 10,000-subscriber uh, channel. That's what you did, right? Yeah, yeah no, I, I literally saw it as a ladder. If I'm good enough for 10K... What makes me different than being good enough for 50K? Oh, I did 50K. Now let's go for 100K. It's weird. It's it's a numbers game, but it wasn't about money or anything. It was just more of, I can work with this big of an audience for mm-hmm. you, you know? So. And so so how do you work yourself up to, to working with Thomas Frank? So I actually, <laughs> it's, it sounds cheesy, but man, I, I am very grateful that I met Tom in the time that I did. So the way that happened was I lost my job. This was a little after, maybe a year after I lost my job with Dolan. And in that year, I worked with a lot of small creators getting paid maybe $100 a month. It was just really low. 
and then there came a point where I'm like, you know what, man, let's just let's just get a job again. Because I, I that was I, I left the gym too to pursue editing for Dolan. So I'm um, let's get a job again, get some money, and keep finding people to work with. And then it was, it was I think it was around March of 2018, something like that. My friend Natalie texted me. She's like, hey, this YouTuber I watch named Thomas Frank. He makes these kind of videos and he's looking for an editor. Do you you should you should apply. And I looked at Tom's stuff, never heard of him. I never knew about this productivity lifestyle side of YouTube. So that was new to me as well. And then I'm like, you know what, what's the harm? I need I need work. And I didn't even actually acknowledge his big of an audience immediately. What I acknowledged more was what he was making. Uh-huh. You know? And then it was after I think it was a little after I applied, I was like, Oh, this guy has a lot of viewers. You didn't even I, real, you didn't realize that no, before. <laughs> I didn't. No. Um, there's no way he's gonna accept me. I've only worked at the time, I think I've worked at most with 300K. Yeah. Outside of Dolan, of course, you know? Yeah. So, and then it was a little after, he got back to me. He And the only reason he said that I stuck out to him the most compared to everyone else was literally because of my work with Planet Dolan. Because he's, oh, this guy already has experience working with a YouTuber, with mm-hmm. YouTube videos. Yeah. He must know what I need. But, why, why do you think you got the job? There's probably a bunch of people that applied, right? Why you? Was it mostly because you worked with with another YouTube creator? When I approached him, I approached him very honestly. Like, listen, you know, I see you're looking for an editor. I your style. I haven't watched a lot of this, but this intrigues me. I've worked with Planet Dolan. Here's the two other people I've worked with. Here's what I know. Here's what I can get better at. And then here's a link to my own YouTube channel, just so you can see my face, know who I am. Mm-hmm. And I also think part... Part of it is because he said he's, oh, we worked with Planet Dolan. You know what you're doing. But I know, I feel like part of it might have also just been me because even even till now, there is nothing else I want to be doing except what I'm doing now. And I'm sure he noticed that. I wasn't going to be there for a month, two months, and then leave because a better opportunity came. I wanted something long-term. Yeah, so it seems, I mean, it's it's kind of building that portfolio, right? You just, you just had worked with so many clients. And I mean, people want to work with people that have done the same type of work so exactly yeah and that that's why i'm grateful that i did all those little jobs even if they weren't so fulfilling or whatever because it just gave me a bigger list of of work to show i would rather have i'm going to use another gary term here but i would rather show that i had 100 videos or 100 at bats to show Mm. what i'm capable of than only one really good video because sometimes it's not even about how great that one video is sometimes they just want to see the different styles that you can approach. So if they want to be creative, they don't know you can be creative with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. And that's probably having your own stuff was probably also helpful, right? Because, oh, I mean, I think whenever someone has their own stuff, it kind of shows their own proactiveness and willing to kind of be creative and experiment. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing, too. It also shows someone. It, it goes back to leading by example kind of thing where someone can say, oh, I'm all about you know, let's, for example, say someone who's, like, yeah, I'm all about sports mm-hmm. and I love sports, but they watch sports maybe once a month or once a week. But then you have this other guy who doesn't talk about it much, but he's watching every game, every highlight. He likes to just talk about it with friends. It, it just shows that he, it feels he has more of an interest than the guy who says it. Yeah. Because he's showing all of his interest right away. And then when it came to me and my channel, dude, I was uploading almost every other day on my channel at the time. I was trying to find work. And I'm sure that comes across, oh, this guy really does want to do this. Yeah, totally. So, yeah. So you moved to Denver, right, for to work with Thomas Frank? Yeah, that was, dude, that, that has still been the highlight of my life. 
Man, so what had happened was Tom had mentioned he wanted us to meet so we can do a an editing school type thing because he still knew way more than I did, and he wanted to work together so he can show me a couple of things. And so at this like, point, so at this point, you guys had been working together for a little oh, bit, or oh, so we were a little less than a year. I want to say around eight months of working remotely, and then he had the idea, why don't you come meet me? We can chat and do some editing stuff. I went with my friend Natalie. We flew down here. And then it was it was literally that same day that we met, we talked, where I realized how beneficial I felt it was for us both to work in person. But I didn't think of it much at the time. And it was a, the next day, because I was here for four days, mm-hmm. where he was, I think, I believe, as I recall, it, he, he said it kind of jokingly. But he was kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, Denver's a great place. You know, you could always move here. And then in my head, I'm like, wait, no, I can. Nothing's holding me back. Why not? And literally, dude, three months later, I came down here. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Why not? I have nothing else to lose. Like, I have nothing to lose back home. I miss my family, of course, but like, this is for me, you know? And so that's been how long? We're at two years working together, but then me living here and working in person, it's been maybe a year and a half. And so you're his main editor. You edit all of his videos. Yeah, I do most of the work now. We have a really cool system, which Tom plans to make a video on. When it comes to me, the way we work is I'll get all the footage and what have you. I'll do the A cut. I will do usually the ad. So we try to get the ad out for approval as mm-hmm. soon as possible. And then it depends on the project and depends on the day. And the way it works is, let's say this project is fairly simple in the sense of it's a video where it doesn't. I don't need a lot of feedback because it's kind of straight to the point. I'll take three days. On the third day, Tom can look at it, see if he likes it, make any adjustments, and then we goes it up. But when we're pressed for time or maybe we kind of bit off more than we could chew because of other side projects, he sometimes goes ahead and edits as well, which kind of sometimes makes me feel bad, but it's also like like we have to be realistic. I cannot edit all of these in the deadline we need. Like we need someone else to help. And then yeah, he'll totally. do it, and, and he still loves doing it, so that's good. And then that's pretty much it, though. But yeah, so just to put it kind of like nip it, I guess, it's more like, yeah, I edit for him. But the thing is, too, I also help him a lot with behind the scenes stuff. So if he wants to record stuff outside or we're going to get different kind of shots, I'm also always behind the camera, helping with lighting sometimes. And it's fun I, that I get to do more than just editing. Yeah. Both for myself, but to like, because, you know, I get to learn new skills and whatnot. But it makes me feel a little more valuable to the team. Like, yeah, I'm not just sitting on my butt being, where's the next video? He's in the trenches. I'm there with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're creating alongside him. It goes back to that sense of ownership we were talking about before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's fun, dude. Yeah. I don't know. I'm what we do. <laughs> How about you? How did you get to where you are now? Like- yeah. So my main thing, I started in social media. So mm-hmm. I graduated from Berkeley in 2018, and I, I landed a job working for Impact Theory with Tom Billiou. It's, a, it's kind of a long story, but it was a one-year pursuit to get that job and landed an internship. And the internship was for business development. So I, I came on to help the lead business development guy get podcast deals for the Impact Theory podcast. So I was doing calls to companies and stuff. And that was a 90-day unpaid internship with, I mean, it wasn't supposed to be anything after. The only way to stay was to pay for my own salary, somehow generate that amount of revenue for the company in order to justify them keeping me because they weren't profitable at the time. Mm. And so 
at the time they were working with uh, Vayner Media for social media for Tom Social Media, but it was it was getting a little expensive for them, and they were trying to bring in someone in house. They had been looking for a couple months, but they weren't finding anyone. And for for some reason, they decided to give me a shot,、uh, even though I had zero experience with social media. They were looking for someone that had a couple years of experience managing accounts of that scale. At the time, on Instagram, Tom had three hundred fifty thousand followers, and so they gave me a shot, and I, I tried it out for a month, really just learning everything as I, I was going. And after that month, they offered me a full time position to manage and grow all of Tom's social media. And so I did that for for two years.、I、learned a bunch. I was mostly focused on Instagram. We kind of had like a Gary V style strategy, where you have your pillar piece of content and you use it across all the different platforms. We had a main strategy around Instagram because it was growing so fast at the time. And then re- I repurposed that content on the different platforms. But yeah, so social was kind of my thing. And after last summer, I was looking for. A job that would allow me to come back to France for a little bit and to travel a little bit. I, I reached out to Noah, offering to help with his social. I wanted to start a consultancy and work with a couple of different people, and so I started reaching out to different creators. Around that time, he was starting to focus more on, on YouTube, and so initially he brought me on to do his social, but within、like、a couple weeks, we decided that I'd be focusing more on YouTube, and now I, I produce his YouTube channel. And again,、mm, wow. not that much experience, just learning on the job. But yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Okay, so I'm trying to keep mental notes here. But <laughs> so okay, with the、uh, with the whole thing though, with you starting off with Tom and then helping him with his socials and whatnot, was there a job listing that you looked up or something? How did you get to that spot again? No, there's no job listing. I found out about Tom at this business conference I went to、uh, while I was a junior in in college. And the first the first time I heard him speak, I don't know if you ever seen one of his keynote speeches, but he's an incredible speaker, and he has an incredible story. And so that day, I decided I'm going to work for this guy. I had always wanted to work for 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 an entrepreneur, you know, and learn the ropes because I want to start a business eventually, right? So I want to learn the ropes working for entrepreneurs. And then I was like, this is the guy. He's built a billion dollar company, and he's just starting over again. And building a new company, so it's like it feels like the perfect opportunity to be close to someone that's done it, you know, and and learn、uh, their feet. And and so that day I made the decision, but I only got a position a year later. And my initial approach was I created a website that was called, or the domain was I want to work for impactthere dot com, where <laughs> where I made it. I made a I made a video where I was kind of pitching myself of everything, all the opportunities I saw where I could help and stuff, and and why this was the per- perfect fit, just how I aligned perfectly with my values and my interests and stuff. So I made this website and I kind of sent it to、uh, everyone at the company, just trying to get someone, trying to get it to Tom, and and I got an answer. I got an answer. From the main email saying, "Hey, Tom saw your website. He's really impressed. Are you free later next week?" So I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and so I flew into LA. I was living in the Bay Area at the time, so I flew into LA on the Thursday, and、I、had an interview with him. They were working out of his house, a five million dollar house, and I was super, super intimidated going there, you know. And had the interview. It went well, but it turned out that around that time, the 
the marketing director at the time was was leaving and and he was the one managing the internship positions which is what I was kind of going for at first and and so because of that I didn't get a position right then so I, but the thing is I didn't know all of this I just said they just told me we won't be able to offer you an opportunity right now and so I was oh, <laughs> I spent so much time and this is really the dream company for me mm-hmm. and so what I did is I kept in touch with the people I met there during the interview. I kind of reached out over Instagram and stuff. And I kept in touch and I was I was trying to add value and I was providing social media samples and stuff like hey like here's something like you guys can use. I was making clips for them. I was giving them lead magnets for YouTube to collect emails. And so I kind of ma- maintained that relationship and just kept trying to add value. And eventually I asked, hey, are you guys looking for any interns anytime soon? And so with building that relationship, whenever an internship position opened, they, they, they hit me up. Uh, and so this business development internship, they, they were looking for someone, but they, they weren't really sure they wanted someone. But since I was already in touch, they were like, hey, maybe this is a good fit, you know? And so mm-hmm. that's how I finally, that's how I finally got a job there. Wow, that itself is quite a story. Because <laughs> <laughs> you kind of also, in a way, which is really cool, you took the initiative and kind of made your own opportunity too, since you decided to make the site and whatnot. So I can admire that a lot. And then also, if you have any advice for someone who is starting off ground zero and wants to work with these people, what is your biggest advice you can give them? As far as the advice, geez, there's so much to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. But for me, it's first of all, figure out who you want to work with. There's you can work with anyone. Believe me, it felt impossible to me when I was when I was starting out. I was like, no, there's no way. Uh, but I was crazy enough to to like try. Um, so make a list. Like, who are the people that you're following on social media? Who are the people that you really look up to and you would to have as your mentor? Right. Put together a dream list. I'd say don't go too wide. Like, make a list of ten people and then start start working on figuring out an approach. The way I did it, I did it super targeted where I decided I wanted to work for Tom. And I was like, this is the only person I want to work for, you know? And so that allowed me to have a creative approach. I told you before where I created a custom website was I, I want to work for impact3.com with a, a video and stuff and, and dedicate a year to getting that job. Right. So yeah. So go super targeted. You, you're, you're st- like, you start going to need skills, right? If you, if you want to join someone's team, so I would say start working on a side project that allows you to build those skills. So whatever that is for me, that was social media. So learning design, but and if you want to work for a YouTube, YouTube channel, it might be a smart thing to start your own YouTube channel and they'll teach you how to edit. They'll teach you about what we talked about before, click through rate, putting together really good thumbnails and titles, right? It's going to teach you about what type of content does well. And it's also going to show that you're proactive in putting your own thing. And then I think that what you did is super smart of the, I, I, I'm going to coin this, the stair step model, you know, where it's even like if that, you, yeah. even if you have that big target of, oh, I want to work with Tom Billio, I want to work with Thomas Frank, maybe you will have to work with smaller people before you get to work with them to build up that credibility, you know? But, but yeah, just, just start doing projects here and there, you know, and work yourself up to it. Yeah, and then eventually you can make it. Yeah, dude, I actually, I never even, see, until I said it out loud, I never realized, oh, that was pretty strategic, even if at the time I didn't realize it, to go bit by bit by bit. Hmm. 
I'm stealing it, man. The stair step method. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that stair step method. Okay. (laughs) But no, yeah, that's great, man. So what would you say are the biggest things you learned from both Dolan and Thomas Frank from working with them? Hmm. When it comes when it comes to Dolan, I acknowledge this a little more later, but I definitely learned how some leaders really value teamwork. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's really engraved in me. So I'm grateful for that opportunity. And then I also oh, and I also really learned how how having a team can streamline production. It, it it makes sense because when you watch movies and TV shows, there's multiple p- people to do one video or one TV show. And when you're finally in there, it's kind of like, oh, no, this does make sense why all these people have roles, you know? Yep. So, so that was really eye-opening. And then when it comes to Tom, dude, the, honestly, the biggest thing I've gotten from Tom is it's actually three things. One of them is definitely going to be I, I really do, even though – Sometimes it stresses me the F out. I really do enjoy being challenged. So the good thing about him is sometimes he can't sit still on a project. He needs to work on it now or he just got an idea so he wants to just jump on it. Sometimes it catches me off guard. I'm not ready, but I'm no, you know what? Screw it. What's the worst that can happen? Uh So I that his passion for camera gear and tech and all that naturally fits me because I'm learning too. I don't learn as fast as him. But I learned so much gear stuff because of him, where now if someone's, hey, do you know how to handle this camera or whatever, or this gimbal? Dude, I worked with the best stuff. I got you. You know? So that's great. And then the last thing from time I learned, though, is I don't know how to put it, but how much more there is out there to make money than, like, YouTube. Like he says, even if literally the the website or, like, YouTube crashed, his channel died, he would not worry because he knows other things. Because he's... That's true. Because he's, you could you could argue that he's not running a YouTube channel, he's running a business, right? And that exactly. the YouTube channel is just one, I guess, content marketing channel into the business, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, exactly. And yeah, we do we do so much, he knows so much that, yeah, if this business, quote unquote, goes down, that doesn't mean also he will not want to keep making videos. He will. It's just we know other ways to keep ourselves afloat. And that in itself is a skill, I think. And mm-hmm. it's it's something that everyone should know. Yeah. No. Yeah. So yeah. I again that that's only a couple things. I have really learned a lot. It's just I would need to sit down and write it because I'm like, yeah, what did I learn? I learned a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean it's part of the the lessons you learn working with these people is just I mean, just being submerged in that environment, there's so much stuff you don't even realize, right? Just habits that you adopt, you know, or just mindsets you adopt by being around. Yeah. It's 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 crazy. Yeah, I mean, and thanks to Tom, too. I've met so many creators. I have met more more creatively fulfilling and inspirational people in my life just from knowing him. Because uh-huh. naturally, it comes with me knowing him. Yeah, I don't know. I think, if anything, the connections, too, has been amazing. Just just to know that I can finally say, hey, I've watched Lightness Detectives for almost seven years, and I actually got to meet him and the crew because we just had a video idea that we wanted to try. Man, that's a dream come true, so to speak. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's it's awesome. Yeah. So, speaking of, I wanted to ask you about that the Slack group you're telling me about because you create mm-hmm. your own videos, right? So, but you guys have the Slack group with you're saying Thomas Frank, Ali Abdal. It's only a couple of us. So it was Tom, Ali. You have Joey from Better Ideas, Nathaniel Drew, and Matt Diabella. Gotcha. Only like seven, six of us. Oh, oh I like- kept it. 
only a couple small YouTubers. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, crazy to say. I can even I'm in a Slack group with these people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That? So yeah, so that that one is more of to kind of keep each other not accountable, but yeah, it's just more of hey guys, how's everyone doing? Here's a thumbnail idea I had. Does it look fine? Do you guys think I could do a little better? Or this video isn't performing as well as I thought, but I thought the message was good. What do you guys think? And it's just more of we're not there to put each other down. It's more like, yeah, dude, this video was great. Maybe, yeah, this shot didn't look so well. Maybe that's why people wanted to leave at that point. Stuff that. Mm. But the biggest thing is more just to encourage each other. Nice. But then with that, though, if there's anything that you can kind of share to with mm. what is the biggest takeaway you've gotten so far from meeting all these big, powerful people? Things I learned for Tom is just, I, I don't know how familiar you are, but the guy's he's the hardest working person I've ever met. It's its crazy. You think you know someone hardworking, you can't compete with this guy. <laughs> he's okay. relentless. But, but what I learned is nothing is impossible, you know? His big thing is no bullshit, what will it take? So it, it, it's its very simple, but it's, it's anything is possible. It's just whether... Uh, it's like you have to break down what would it take and then you have to you have to ask yourself am I willing to pay the price for this you know so it's just being hyper realistic about what it takes and just being um, do I want to pay this price yes or no and then a lot of times the answer is probably might be no you know because if you're going after big things it's gonna demand a lot of sacrifices and then just a question is this worth it to me or not you know so I'd say that's that's one of the the biggest takeaways I got from him okay yeah that's a Hmm. That's quite a good takeaway there because it's funny because my problem is what you just said where sometimes the price that I feel some people pay to be as successful as they are is a price that I find hard to pay, you know, mm -hmm. due to my own personal issues. But he's right. But that, so. that's what that's what I love about the thing is when you're hyper realist about it, you're straight up with yourself, you know, yeah. and, and there's no surprises. Yeah. Where where can people find you online? So. Primarily, you can find me on Twitter. Um, my handle is Civil Spider, except Spider at the end, it's S P I D E R R, so there's two R's. Uh, and then on Instagram, I'm at Tony Studios, but the way that's spelled, it's Tony, so T O N Y, and then it's S T O O D I O S. I just wanted to have fun with the studio's name on that. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, YouTube, it's just my name, just Tony Santos, and periodically I'm posting on there. You guys can check out the Civil Spider channel, but again, that is on hiatus until I can figure something out with that. I still don't know <laughs> what I want to do. Nice. Looking forward to see what, what you put out this year. Yeah, there's quite a big projects I want to make. It's just, it's kind of hard, man, because I'm sure you understand balancing your work, actual work, and then maybe another side project. Yeah, it's always hard to balance. Because you said you're doing that too, right? Yeah. Balancing yeah, I so the the personal stuff and and work. I don't have another side project. I think that that's I, I've been I've been getting better at saying no. So many people are asking, oh, can you just manage this YouTube channel for me and stuff? And it's so tempting. A lot of times, it's good money, easy money, you know. But but I, I've I've realized that every time I say yes to something that I'm excited about the money, but I'm not super excited about the work, I end up regretting because that translates to not being able to work on my own stuff. So mm, that's definitely something I've learned to do the last couple of years, just saying no to, to opportunities. Yeah, that that's kind of where I am too. Because I'll still get some people asking me if I can edit for them, but 
I'm like, all right, I already do so much with Tom. And if I take that project, my channel needs to be put on the side. Is that really what I want to do? And it's usually no, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a balancing act. All right, great chatting with you. Have a have a productive day. Thank you. Take care. Peace. There you have it. If you're listening to this, thank you so much for listening to my first podcast episode all the way through. It really means the world to me. I'd love to hear what you have to say. So if you know me, just text me, DM me. You can add me on Instagram if you don't. My handle is at Jeremy John Mary with a Y on Jeremy and Mary. Just send me a DM. Let me know what you thought. And no, this podcast is still very scrappy, but I promise we're going to take this thing to the next level in the next couple of weeks. So stick around. Thanks again, Tony, for being my first guest. And thank you guys for listening. Until the next episode, have a great week. Peace.